improve their communication skills so they can help more people and help people more. I'm your host, Dr. Martin Harvey. I'm a chiropractor and I'm an expert in the influence literature and communicating the value of chiropractic. In today's episode of Under the Influence, I'm joined by Dr. Craig Foote and we are continuing our series on the keys to success for a sustainable, thriving practice. And today we are going to tackle the big, big issue of how to do an awesome report of findings. So what are the key elements of a report of findings that clearly and concisely creates a pathway for people to have their needs met, have their needs exceeded, and create a context that makes it natural for a large portion of the people who see you to want to see you on an ongoing basis. So that's what we're going to be leaping into in just one moment. A little bit of housekeeping. Thank you so much for those of you who have already jumped on and left a review and five stars. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Thanks also for those of you who have been sharing the podcast with friends and colleagues. We really want this information to get to as many people as possible. And so your reviews and your sharing are very much appreciated. And a reminder that I will be doing my communication to enhance patient care tour around Australia starting in a couple of weeks. 31st of July, Launceston, 14th of August in Adelaide, 4th of September, Melbourne, Brisbane on the 12th of September, Sydney 25th of September and rounding it out in Perth on the 14th of November. You can register at the Australian Chiropractors Association website or go to insideoutpractices.com and go to the live events tab and follow up from there. So without any further delay, here's Under the Influence, Episode 6. G'day Craig, how are you going? G'day Martin, great to see you and hear you once again. Absolutely, yeah. It's, how's the week been? Been uh, very steady, very steady. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, let's let's uh, perhaps not go into the minutiae of how our weeks were. We might just leap straight into it. So if you're <laughs> new to our podcast, what we're doing is working our way through what we think are the most important elements of having a successful practice. And in terms of successful, we're really defining success as a practice that isn't reliant on hacks and shortcuts and and outside stimulus the whole time. And we're very much of the opinion that if you are putting something out to the market that the market wants, then there's going to be a natural tendency for people to want to keep getting that service and also to recommend it to their friends, families, loved ones. So what we're really wanting to do is to create kind of a self-sustaining practice. What are the keys to helping people see the big picture of chiropractic so that it's something that they value, something that they love having as part of their life so that we're not constantly having to, you know, do Facebook ads or not that I'm saying Facebook ads are the devil or anything, but if you're reliant on outside things, then just like if you're reliant on outside things in your health, maybe there's something you're not doing internally that you need to look at. And that's really our focus for this series. So previous podcasts, we've worked through uh, the first visit. We've worked through last time, a lot of stuff on 
the on really how to structure care plans, not in a, an, a didactic way. We haven't told you the only way you can do a care plan is this, but what are the features of a logical, sensible care plan that's going to be individualized and it's going to get the results that people need so that they're getting the results that mean that they're going to want to keep having care and they're getting the maximum value from their care in their life. So this time we're sort of pivoting from that into what are the key elements of a report of findings, a second visit, a day two, whatever the different names for this visit are. But we're talking about what is it that you need to kind of map out for people so that they can uh, really know, get their, their needs met for their reasons for coming in, but also perhaps get a perspective on what the possibilities are for the future. So Craig, do you want to kick us off? What do you think the big, the big rocks here are? <laughs> the big rocks? Well, look, um, if I maybe set some context around what I believe happens in this particular visit, um, and sort of catch people up. So like from what you've, what we've just said and what you've completely professionally summarized is we've, we've done an initial assessment consult, got gathered some information. Uh, we've then looked at that information and worked out what is the best plan of attack that we can then put forward to this person. And so this is the visit where we present that. So obviously the report of findings um, uh, but what uh, probably the fundamental thing is that this is um, this is kind of like the visit where we set up a very clear agreement going forward with the people that we're caring for. You know, we're we're addressing um, sort of any of their expectations um, and if and at times resetting those expectations to what's what's actually yeah. within the realms yeah. of physics and laws of nature. Um, and then, and basically setting up the relationship going forward. So, for for myself, um, having uh, like yourself done this for for quite some time, there's there's ways to to do it, and there's ways not to do it. Um, yeah. uh, and it can be uh, vary depending on the context. So, case in point, I've you know if we think of the most difficult. Um, reporter findings I've ever had to give to anyone uh, would be a Polish woman. I remember from years and years ago, a Polish woman. Uh, she was in her 70s. Yep. She was stone deaf. Thankfully, she read lips, provided you spoke Polish. And so I, I'd always <laughs> known you as a, a strong Eastern European language specialist, Craig. That would have been right in your wheelhouse. Uh, and it was, yeah, absolutely. Like I was just like, well, thank goodness I uh, I learnt what I learnt, right? But you can say um, vodka. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. or yeah, like especially when language is limited, it becomes a real challenge. I mean, that was the yeah. nth degree, and you know, we've had people where who just didn't speak a lick of English, and I've had to point to charts and. Um, yeah. Anyway, moving on, but the but of course there there are exceptions, and the general rule is you know we're able to communicate at some level yes. with the people who's come in so far. So when um, when I'm talking to my clients about stuff, we sort of split the report of findings up into a few different sections, and yeah, uh, we use the acronym uh, recap um, just yep. because it it sort of works for me. Um, yep. And and recap um, is well. First is the R. Um, we look at things like revise, reset, and remind. 
So in in this situation, you know, like this is a visit that's occurred some time after the initial yeah. consultation examination. Actually, can, yep. can I jump in there? Because I actually think one yep. of the things that's really important to, to set things up for a really effective report of findings, we spoke about it when we were talking about particularly the examination, but also elements of the questions that we ask in a first visit where we're kind of reconnecting people to a perspective of what the real size of the problem is. And then we're doing tests that give them an experience that might be different to, or bigger than just the pain in terms of the, the size of the problem. The longer we leave between the first visit and the second visit, the more that that the impact of that will have dissipated. So I'm a big fan of trying to have the report of findings as close to the first visit as you possibly can, so long as it serves the person, obviously. But I think that allows it to be a useful experience for them because the information from the first visit is still fresh in their mind. So, yep. yeah, go yep. on. For, for, yeah, no, no, that's, that's great. I mean, for us, the shortest... So we... The shortest period of time between an initial consultation and report of findings could be within the same shift, yeah. um, like within within an hour. But but there has to be a period of time for me to actually detract myself from the presence of that person to assess yeah. what's going on. Now we've got X-rays on site and things on site, so we we can do that. But um, there has to be a. I have to at some stage not be in front of the person and actually look at their case without them in the room. Um, yeah. um, and there's there's actually a, a, a we, well I've talked I think about that previously anyway about you know we you need to um, be realistic about what it is that you know and what you don't know and it's easier yeah. when the person's not teary eyed in front of you. So. Um, yeah. Um, just to add a little colour to that, though, one of the things that um, I often see or has happened in the past with clients is, let's say at the end of the initial consult, um, the person, uh, th there's, a, there's an, an air of questioning, okay, we need to get some further testing done. And the tone is um, of the, of the uh, interaction with the person is, is not, you know, like high, which would be like jovial and lighthearted. And it's also not, you know, deep and dark and depressive, you know, it's, it's, it's yep. that professional tone. Um, we need to recreate that same tone um, in the report of findings that we left in the exam. So case in point, if let's say um, you've left the tone of, look, we, we don't know yet if we can help, but let's find out, some, get some further mm -hmm. tests done and see. That is the exact same tone that you need to go into your report of findings. So if, you, yeah. if you've left it at, we need to get some tests done, and then you've walked into the room when you next see them and you're just, you know, you're cracking yourself up and you're, you're laughing at yeah. some interaction with the last person. You go, hey, how are we doing? You know, like it yeah. doesn't, it, there's a mismatch and you're going to blow that person out of the water because it's yeah. just incongruent and likewise if you've if you've finished that that initial exam and you're really like quite light-hearted and quite jovial um and then of course you've taken x-rays or got further testing done um and then you come in and it's really deep and dark and you're almost in tears i mean that's clearly also yeah. going to be um incongruent as well so so this the the reset or revive reset and remind is it um is the idea around that is we want them to remember what happened last time um yeah we want to give a little quick summary about okay last time we saw you we we did this this and this and we were looking for this this and this 
Um, can I and, just jump and, in there as yeah, like, go for it. Just if I can jump in, I and this may or may not be the way that you do it, but I actually find that if there's key things that they have said to me were that the kind of emotional, the, the core of what the issue was for them, I like to repeat that back to them. Because if we if we zoom out a little bit and we look at what people, what the research says that people kind of need to feel that they are being attended to the way that they want to, first thing on the first visit is that they need to be heard. The thing that people hate is that idea of being kind of processed and not acknowledged and not seen as a complete human being. And so listen, we spoke about in the first visit about having that open frame, tell me what's going on and letting, making sure that they have the opportunity to tell their story without you kind of interrupting and medicalizing it through a, a history template. And then the, the, the flip side of that, I think, is to show that that's been retained to just help reassure people who are in an uncertain circumstance that you've heard that where you can repeat that back. So let's say, for instance, you'd said, you know, my back pain is getting worse. It's worrying me because I can't, I'm worried that I'm not going to be able to play with my kids as they're getting older. Then I would be saying to you, look, when we discussed it last time, you were saying that you've had this low back pain. It's been coming, it came on three months ago. It's been getting progressively worse. And I think the biggest worry for you was in terms of the potential to that impact you playing with your kids. And so that helps reset and reassure them that, yeah, we're on the same page. Uh, and it also makes sure that they're at that kind of emotionally safe level. They go, yeah, this person gets me. Um, and also just to reiterate one other thing you were talking about with that tone, I think there is that big challenge where the if you're going from the energy that's appropriate for an adjusting component of a shift where it is a higher energy it's appropriate often it's quite light-hearted you're working with people who are doing pretty well in life and with their care and know you and it's it's a it's a fun high energy thing you need to I think have almost like a ritual of what you do to make sure that you get into that more matching the tone of where you left off or matching the tone that's appropriate for that. And so for me, we have like a little clipboard that we take into a report of findings. I just make sure that I have that little bit of a moment where I'm looking at the information, making sure I've got it clear in my head. I'm not having to look while they're there. I've got loaded up the, the key things that are the issues for them, both in terms of what they've told me and what their clinical findings are. And I'm also using that opportunity to kind of go, all right, let's make sure that I'm at that level where I've slowed down. I'm at a level where they're going to have a lot of information to process. I'm not speeding on down the line like I might be in more of an adjusting um, energy. Yeah, I completely agree. We, we uh, likewise have a little uh, uh, box outside of our rooms. I know your, your sort of open plan, we're more in, go from room to room. Um, and that, as soon as I see that um, uh, piece of paper, their file, my notes there in the, in the door, I know I'm about to step into a report of findings, so I'll, I'll grab it. I'll usually run down the hallway a little bit and, and go over those notes as well. So I, yeah. I completely agree. You need to have that, yeah. that gap. And, and to be fair, I think a lot of people get themselves in trouble when they don't give them the space to, yeah. to, to do that. They're trying to rush, and this yeah. is not a rushing thing. No. Um, no. And we're not talking about the country either, but the... 
Yeah. Um, uh, so the uh, yeah, so that reset and and like I completely agree. If you can quote back something specifically that that person has said to you on their initial visit, you 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 the doors open for whatever yeah. you're about to to share with them. You know, I've yeah. and it's interesting. Like people, I've I've heard all different sorts of things that I myself have never felt. But yeah, the you know, patient says. Um, I feel like there's um, ants crawling underneath my skin in this particular area. Now, I've never personally felt that. And and in the past, I've made the maybe mistake of going, oh, oh you mean numbness? They go, no, yeah. ants crawling underneath the skin. So so yeah. I go, okay, well, I, that's, I've got to get that right. So I'll write that out in quotation marks. And yeah. in this particular case, like you said, you, I'd say, look, you have this ants crawling underneath your skin um, um, and it, they need to be heard that's that's yeah. they need to need to be and, listened to and I think there's an important thing here that there's often talk about empathy and and uh, sympathy and what's the difference and which one's better and whatever I actually don't and I think empathy is you know feeling for somebody else I think this is a really important moment to be compassionate, to be empathetic, to go, all right, what would I want if I was in this circumstance? Yes, you may have a vision for what chiropractic is about and it's and it's this big picture helping people live their optimal life. You, if to make it available for people, you've got to kind of empathise and go, actually, their biggest priority at the moment is not that. We need to lead to that, but we need to start where they are and part of that empathy is to just slow down and give them some time um, and set things up so that it's easy for people to go, yes, I trust you, because people are going to buy you before they buy your message. And all of these things that we're talking about in terms of a recap and tone and reset and those sort of things are about making sure, yes, I feel safe with this. What What's next? Yep. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, and you're right. You can't, I mean, um, Kath and I, uh, my wife, uh, often talk about, you know, the, the, the most important thing in, in your practice is actually the relationships you build with, yeah. with the people that come and see you. And, and like when you, when you're going out for on a date, like the very first date, I'm sure you didn't say to Nicole, Hey, Nick, what do you reckon? We'll have a couple of kids. Uh, we'll, we'll live in this suburb and, um, blah, blah, blah. You know, like you, you don't say that on your first visit. Like, honestly, no. you just, as a bloke, you, you're just hoping that you don't stuff it up and you get a chance for a second, a second yeah. date. Right. So, yeah. so you're on your best behavior. You're sort of not committing too much to, you know, 20, 30 yeah. years down the track, but, yeah. um, you're sort of testing the water and, um, and that's effectively the same thing in practice here. You know, we, yeah. we, we yeah, need to address where they're at. Um, we need to also, I think this is a, a really, uh, when I think about it, and I'll say this out loud, um, is really important because, yes, we need to address where they are currently at, but we also need to understand that they don't fully have the ultimate idea of what's what's possible in the future possible, as well. Yeah. So, so yes, we need to speak their language at the moment, but we do need to maybe teach them a new language over time and give them some direction that ultimately um, there's what they're after. I mean, they're, they're in your practice for yeah. some degree of leadership, you know, I, 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 yeah. I, at whatever level they're going, I don't know what's going on. I need some help. And, yeah. and yes, we need to help them, but also direct them. Um, yeah. The appropriate yeah, I way. agree. 100%. Well, the way that I sort of look at it is if we were talking about that 
first visit as the most important thing is that they need to be heard and then you need to do your process to find out the question that you've spoken about, can I help you? The match to that on the second visit is you need to then explain, well, what's wrong with them in simple terms and then what's what's the best, what's their options in terms of resolving the problems and then resolving their problem and then beyond that, what's the possibilities beyond that? Uh, and I think sometimes when I work with chiropractors on this report of findings and we're talking about time that it takes for them to do a report of findings and there's people who are struggling to get it done in half an hour or 40 minutes or, or whatever, to me, it's they've often got this uh, feature creep where they're trying to squeeze everything into it. And the metaphor that I like here is of a remote control. You know how you have those... Uh, universal remote controls that have about 400 buttons on them because they've got to cover off every possibility that you might have for a TV. And then you've got the Apple, uh, the Apple remote for the, um, oh God, what's the thing called? The, the yeah, Apple box. TV. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Apple yeah. TV, thank Apple you. TV, yeah. um, the Apple TV, it's got like three buttons and then you've got the ability to drop through menus. And I sort of think with a report of findings, you want the Apple remote version. You just want the version where you've got the key elements in it, the recap, the explanation of their findings and what that means, what, you know, in terms of your practice paradigm, where they're subluxated and as much as possible, I want them sort of giving the answers to that would be my model. And then the, 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 the last button that I really want is the roadmap forward and, there's a particular series of principles that I think mesh together really nicely there that I can come back to in terms of a way that I think makes sense to explain that um, regardless of, you know, exactly different practice models might piece it together differently, but a whole lot beyond that where people are, you know, talking about chiropractic history and trying to give every piece of chiropractic education, you end up with this confusion <laughs> that is unnecessary and means that you can't squeeze everything into 30 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever. Whereas I think, you know, if you've got your Apple TV remote version, you know, you, it's a much yep. shorter interaction depending on their needs. So you're saying that when I mention Harvey Lillard in that f initial part of the report of findings, it's it's not the right thing to do? Is that? Yeah, I'm sorry, it's <laughs> controversial, controversial, but I think that I'm actually going to even go out on a bigger limb and this is going to be, this. we're going to get some angry calls on this one, Craig, but I actually think in a report of findings, nobody needs to even hear the word innate intelligence i think uh, <laughs> oh man necessary hang on yeah. let me let me Sorry. drop a pen right here this is i can't yeah. make enough noise uh no no i'm oh, just kidding uh, but well done that's awesome no, i agree completely agree um because at the end of the day i mean the probably the most fundamental um there's two things that want to come out of a report of findings is a very clear path forward for this person and something that they yeah. can remember to talk to their spouse about because that's yeah. what's going And if you're doing a half-hour report of findings, um, th unless mm. that person's taken notes, they're never going to be able to remember all of that stuff. No. So, yeah. so you've got to hit yeah. the important parts, but, yeah, not, not, uh, not, not go too, too far off. Um, so uh, I suppose – so I'll, I'll just sort of read – yeah, sorry. Yeah, right. No, I was going to say, speaking of uh, – going off track we were on yeah. your R of your recap <laughs> and i'm taking you uh, 
around and about and we're, can we loop back maybe yeah yeah how about we i'll, I'll just go through what, what the recap stands for and then yeah, we can yeah, sort of yeah. break it down so so uh, r is the recap so it's revise reset remind um yeah. e is about enlightening educating and explaining which is effectively sort of sending up a framework of you know okay what's like you could even go to this fact of what's normal spinal anatomy, yeah. how does the yep. body normally work, that kind of thing, um, yep. and then explaining where they are in the context of what you've found. Um, C is for chances and consent. So, um, yep. you, know, uh, you know, the likelihood of this is how successful it's going to be versus, you know, the safety aspects that we need to address and, and um, and getting that clarity around what consent actually means. Um, a is for accountability and agreement. So setting up that you know going forward, this is how we would see the relationship is going forward. You know, I yeah. effectively as a chiropractor, I can't you know I can't sweat for you, I can't run for you, I can't eat for you, I, you know, I can't do all this stuff. I can yeah. adjust you, I can guide you, uh, but there's things you want me to do to help yourself. Um, and then P's around partnership particulars and, and also being professional as well. So um, what I mean by that is, you know, the, 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 maybe the relationship of the team involved with the patient going forward as well, like having, you know, the CA chiropractic assistant um, is not just a receptionist for us. They're a critical part of this person's experience as they're going through the practice. And their key role is, is as a CA to to um, uh, facilitate this person sticking with the recommendations as best as they can and, and also just um, taking the recommendations I've given to them and putting it in a real world situation. So I, I want them, like that's the, that's the key topics that we would, would discuss. Yeah, um, that's, I love that. It's a, it's, I think it's really useful to have that sort of structure um, given that, you know, we've approached this whole thing from what are the keys to success and that consistency of having a structure that uh, that is individualised enough that people's individual needs can fit into it, but structured enough that you've got a template there that you know that you're not going miles off track. And uh, if there's somebody who's just super bottom line oriented, it's it's recap still, you know, but you're going to need a, a, a shorter E for somebody who is super detailed. Oh, you know, sorry, somebody who's super bottom line. Just tell me what I need to do. Um, yep. Then somebody who's very detail oriented. So it still has that flexibility, so that you know you're not missing steps and then getting to the end and they're like, uh, I, I don't know what what am I accountable for because I'm, you missed a step. So I, I love that recap. Um, We've done the revised part and obviously yep. it's beyond the scope of a podcast for us to go through all the aspects of the E, the education part of it. Um, I guess for me, kind of the, this is the bit where I see a lot of uh, bloat in terms of what people put in there. It's one of the areas where to me that you mentioned, you know, what's normal. I think we spoke a bit about last time about having that pre-frame of what's normal. I think for me, I, it just simple is best. You know, this is what your spine oh, yeah. should be doing. This is what your nervous system should be doing. If this is what, if your spine's working like this, this is your body should be working a whole lot more happily. Um, and then for me, when we spoke about that impact of communication, 
I want as much as possible for them to be saying things. So if, let's say, for instance, if we're reviewing x-rays or you're reviewing a posture scan or you're reviewing something else, I want to tell them what normal is and say, have them say, how does it look to you? So that yep. it's coming from them, it's more their experiences. That they would Critical. be the key points I would be saying there. Did you have anything uh, else that uh, you think's super? Yeah, no, like uh, there? The, this is where like the tools in your room or or teaching mm. resources you have in your room are so critically important. And if only if only someone had created some very contemporary um, yeah. uh, charts. Yes, Martin, yes, like, yeah. well, yes, like, so, like your charts that I have in my practice, and uh, <laughs> we need a little jingle oh, yeah. for oh, the, uh, oh, you know, the chiropractic this flight is, school. This is, yeah, this is brought to you by chiropractic charts. flight school uh, through our Etsy page. Are they, uh, in, no, all, <laughs> in all seriousness, um, and I'd love like to give a very big endorsement to the chiropractic flight school nervous system charts as a resource for the. Uh, for the report of findings, they're excellent. <laughs> really contemporary looking, two different color ways, super sexy. Yeah, thanks, Fine. thanks, Martin. And and I won't won't bang on about it, but they're really good, right? Um, uh, the now effectively, we've got the charts up. So for those who don't know, the old Parker autonomic nervous system charts. I was sick of them looking like they're out of the fifties and sixties. Uh, they had spelling mistakes all through them, so I got a graphic designer and worked with them over, I think it was 19 revisions uh, we worked out um, to get it to the point where it looks actually really c contemporary and, and, and good. And we actually um, also have created um, um, a spinal nerve chart, Martin, I don't know if you've seen this one, yeah. where it takes the spine out of the nervous system and so a person can actually see the brain, the spinal cord nerves, and all the, the spinal nerves as well throughout the body. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm saying this because I use these charts in our report of findings. We have the x-rays right in, on the wall if I'm talking about x-rays. And the first thing I'll say is that look at this guy from behind. What you'll notice about this is the spine, the nervous system is actually really straight. And, and generally people understand that things work better when it's straighter, right? And they, and they go, yeah. yeah, right? So then I'll go, okay, well, let's have a look at your x-rays and I'll turn on the, the big, big TV we got. And, the, and like you said, I just say, look, what do you notice about your, your x-rays? And whatever they say, I just agree with them. Like whatever, yeah. you know, if, if, if they go, oh, it's a bit wonky. I said, yeah, well, that is a bit wonky. And, and the first thing is it's not all bad, it's, but there's certain areas that have not been working properly to look like that and it's been there for quite some time. Um, and if they say it's really straight, I'll go, yeah, that's what I thought looked really straight until I had a closer look and I had a look at these things here and, yeah. and recognize there was something going on. Um, and, and, you know, I'm not, you know, I can't say the same thing for everything, but, but that's effectively, we need them to have some kind of engagement with them and, um, and, and, and they need to feel right as well. This is the thing. I, I think we need to teach them a little bit and then test them, but not trick them about yeah. what's going on and if we can do that and they feel like knowledgeable about information then they feel more empowered if if if, if anyone if you're ever teaching someone and you're making them feel stupid that's that's not going to end well for you no. um and, and i, I see that yeah i think sometimes in terms of the bloat that we're talking about this is another <laughs> area where they don't need to know and unless there's somebody who's very detail oriented my take is what all I need them to really 
get from that is, yeah, things aren't working right. I don't need yeah. to have them know exactly the angles that it should be and what it is and what the rotation and the uh, what the uh, distortion is and projection distortion and all these things. I think it's really okay to just do the, this indicates that there's a problem and that they can go, yeah, I can see that. And then yeah, that's as much as I really need from that. It, it sounds like you're sort of on the same page. So, yeah, same page. I mean, you don't have to talk about the um, the uh, con what constitute the density of the bones and the yeah. and the periosteum and the uh, like. You just don't have to go that far. Um, as long as they can see that there's something going on and you and you are showing knowledge around and yeah. expertise around what you're seeing. Um, yeah. What you don't want to have is you know you look at this thing. And go, My God, I've never seen that before. My, how are you walking like that's. Like that, yeah. You know, not that that would happen, but um, so so that's we, so we use the charts to okay. This is what it should look like from behind. This is maybe what it should look like from side on. Um, to be fair, the average person in out in the real world understands more that the spine should be straight from behind, and they have less yeah. awareness of what it should look like from side on. Central posture, yeah. Yeah, and and so just just to just to remember that, um, um, and then of course when we've when we've you know ex talked about you know what the results are in the context of what what should be normal and then what's maybe um, reducing what's normal for them uh, with the testing that we've found, then we've got to talk yeah. about you know um, okay, so this is typically what we what the process would look like going forward, um, um, yeah. and. And you look, in, and I think this is a good point um, to point out for us. We always do um, a, a, a part of the report findings was where we just go, "Hey, stop! Let's just just put things on pause and let's just sort of bring this to a, a, a have a breath and let's just re look at where we're at at the moment." Because um, one of the things that tends to happen is, um, especially if a person is I'm going to in quotation marks say desperate for new patients to start yeah. is they tend to try and um, uh, um, just you think of this in, in the background. I'll grab your hand, Martin. Um, uh, and I've got consent, by the way, I grab your hand yeah. and, and I'm, and you're my patient or oh, this person in front of me and I'm the chiropractor and I'm grabbing your hand. I'm trying to pull you into the practice. And, and the, the very first thing you're likely to do would be what? If I'm trying to pull you towards yeah, pull me, back. you're going to yeah. you're going to try and pull back. Why? Because yep. it doesn't feel right, back, um, and, and and that's exactly what happens when we start when we're desperate or or, or doing things yeah. that are addressed as desperate. We're trying to pull them in, pull a swifty, and that's not a good way to be. With with this particular part, if I yeah go. Sorry, there's there's actually in the psychology literature there's a, a term for it called reactance, and what it's about is that we are wired to want to be able to make our own decisions for ourselves. It's um, attached to very fundamental uh, ideas around self-efficacy, which is essentially the need that we have to feel like we're okay to be in the world and make decisions for ourselves, and it's why. Uh, that sort of manipulation or feeling that somebody's trying to force you and impinge on your free will to make decisions feels bad. And our natural response, even if the logic that the person is presenting to us, emotion will trump logic. So even if you've done a great job of the recap, you've done a great job of the education, 
if you feel if they feel like you're trying to push them into making a particular decision it can evoke reactance where they'll choose not to do something because they felt like you were trying to grab their hand and pull them in um, yeah. even if it, they feel like it would be a good idea to do just because of that yucky feel associated with that. And so the solution to reactance is the things that you say, which I think you're about to get to and I might offer a yeah. couple of you. Oh, for yep. sure. No, you, um, so, so, so at this particular point, we sort of go, hey, be, before you go ahead with any program of care, you, you need to consider some things. And I'm, I'm literally will have my hands up uh, yeah. uh, like in front of me, like almost pushing the person. Yeah. Well, I'm not pu- literally pushing them. I'm just, it's just that my gesturing is, is I've got yeah. my hands up at them. And I go, and there's actually, we have some hesitations before we start. And then, and we go through the hesitations, which is usually, you know, like, um, uh, what we know about this is going to take a team effort. You know, there's going to be things you'll need to do to help yourself along the yeah. way, but I'll go through that with the, at the appropriate time. Um, and then number two is, you know, we, we always say, look around 5% of the cases that we take on that we accept, um, some people just continue to get worse no matter what we do. And effectively what that means is, is that there's no guarantees. I don't expect you fit into that category, but there's no guarantees to it. And then the, the third one is, you know, well, there is actually the literature tells us that there's a one in 5.85 million chance of stroke or death as part of any type of care to do with the spine. You've got a greater chance to get hit by lightning. That's something you need to consider and something you don't take lightly. Um, yep. But it is, it is quite a safe procedure, and it is. And especially uh, with the stats we're seeing going around at the moment, I didn't. I th- <laughs> it's very safe. Yes. Anyway, moving yeah, on definitely. very quickly. Yes. Um, quickly yes. <laughs> so, so we, we do that intentionally to, to bring that pause. And when, you do, when we do that, like to go on with the reactant um, stuff you're talking yep. about, is that when, yeah, if I were to actually now you put your hands up, I put my hands up, I'm pushing towards you and I'm saying, no, Martin, I want you to go away and have a think about it. The, the, your natural reaction then, of course, is to lean in. Otherwise, you're going to fall backwards. Um, and the harder I push back, the bloody harder these people lean in. Yeah. Um, so I, I like it because at no point is it my choice. Yeah. I and think so it, what, it has to be their choice. Yeah, and I think that's what, if you unpack that, the implication of what you're saying there, what the key to reactance and reactance exists everywhere. So it's not specifically to chiropractic. And so what in psychology, they talk about the the antidote to people feeling uh, that their their will or their decision-making agency is being taken away is to reiterate it's your choice. And you're doing that sort of implicitly and explicitly so that that people do feel like, oh no, this is my choice. He's just presenting it. If I can add, there's one other scenario where I would add another element of making sure it's their choice because we're about to pivot from the educational piece into the, we're mapping out what your program of care is. If there are people who they've had previous care and it's been much shorter, more reactive care than what I'm going to recommend, or there are people who have a scenario where they've got very recent symptoms that from a fairly trivial insult, then I'm going to bring that up. I'm going to make sure that I, that I pre-frame. I'm going to say, look, my experience is in this scenario that sometimes people with your sort of findings are expecting a certain level of uh, care. And what I'm going to be presenting is probably going to be more uh, 
um, because of the degree of imbalance that we've found here. Um, would it be okay if I just mapped out what I would recommend is best and then we can talk about whether that fits for you or not at the end. And so what it, my idea of that is that it prevents them feeling that reactance of, no, no, I came in here to buy two adjustments and then I expect I'll be done. Um, and you're trying to sell me something more than that. Um, it takes that out of it because I'm okay with the, uh, if they don't choose not to do what I want to do, then I'm fine with that. That's, that's completely their decision. Um, but it also then stops us having this back and forth where I've often speak to chiropractors and certainly before I started doing this, I'd kind of know that this was the scenario coming in, but I'd hope that the education part would help them see the logic of the other part. Um, yep. So, but, but I'd get into this weird back and forth where they would say, I don't see why I need this much care. And I'd say, well, these are the reasons that you need that much care. And I'm, arguing in my area of expertise about something that's for their benefit. And I go, this is just crazy. I don't care whether you do it or not. But whereas if you sort of pre-frame that and make sure that they know that it's their choice, that you're not trying to, yep. to push them one way or the other, the irony of it is that the more relaxed you are about that, the less desperate you come across, the less uh, reactants you evoke and the more likely people are to say, yeah, that sounds eminently sensible. Let's, let's do it. Yeah. I, I probably, I think, I think, um, this is going to be the first time. I think you do it a little bit better than me. Um, I just do, a, <laughs> I, uh, and I, and I, I, I can't believe I just said that. So, oh, damn, it's recording too. All right. So, yeah. um, that, that I, I do a loop. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. So I'll, ring I'll, <laughs> I, I I do address it. I do it in a, just a slightly reverse way. Um, whereas, you know, like I've, I'll, I'll give the recommendations and I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. But just to sort of address this part, if a person's had chiropractic care before or let's say chiropractic expectations, I suppose, at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah, that's that's a great way of putting it. Right. So they, so they have it. And, and so I'll, I'll, I'll say, look, in, based on my test results and the things that we've done, this is what I and my you know, clinical experience and all that, this is what I'd recommend going forward. Right. And this is the, the, the plan of attack going forward. And um, now I'll, 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 I'll just say it. I'll just actually say, look, look, because that's actually the truth. It's based on everything I've made, mm. not, not about anything else, but just me. So this is what I recommend. Now, if that person has got this <laughs> look of shock and horror yep. or awe or just, yeah, you know, the blood has drained out of their face and they're, you know, breathing into a paper bag or not, not that that happens yeah. every other day, but the, um, uh, I'll, I'll just say, look now, just look, I need to tell you something, some really general information. I hate being general. I'd rather be specific. Generally speaking, what we find is people who have had chiropractic care before generally do respond faster than those who have never had it before. Yeah, that's what we see. Now, the only way we can really see that, if that's for you, is if we, when we do those retesting down the track, which is part of uh, the process that we go through. And if we see that you're well ahead of track, clearly that means you're in that particular group and it would clearly mean that you would need, mean far less care going forward as you'd expect. We just don't know until yeah. they actually do it. That's literally yeah. it. We just don't know. So I do address yeah. it. It's just sort of after yeah. after the yeah. fact. Um, and I think that raises a really important thing is that there's key concepts that are based around 
these are people and people have emotions and beliefs that we're interacting with. And there's not like a perfect way or only one way to, to manage it. So, you know, I've got one way of managing that same circumstance and you've got a different way. It's not, they're, they're both effective. And I think if people are taking this information and looking to implement it, really the take home message is, just be aware that you can't have a one-off script that is for everybody. You need this template. And I think recap is a really useful structure for a template and just be sensitive. You know, think of, if, is this somebody who might have different expectations? And if it is, I need to have a practiced way within my recap template where I address that, where, and in my scenario, it might be slightly earlier, like before I present the, yeah. the findings and in your, not the findings, before I present the plan of action. And in your yep. case, it's it's after, but there too, there's probably advantages and disadvantages of both. So, yeah. Yeah. Now, I think one of the things I see um, clients doing in the actual presenting of the plan of attack is, is effectively getting an ass about. Now, let me just explain a little bit about this. Is yeah. um, if we look at, uh, uh, I, I study a lot more around sort of word of mouth marketing and those sorts of things yeah. now. Um, and and if we look at say recall, like what people yeah. recall is people generally recall the very last thing that you tell them. So like you, yep. you, you, yes, you don't want to bury the headline, but you also, that last thing that they read or they, they hear is the yep. thing that they're likely going to be able to say to someone else. So if I were to say to you, Martin, hey, Martin, look, it's going to be one or two weeks before you start to feel any changes. It's going to be two to three months before we see doing some retesting that we're going to see these changes. Uh, it could be nine or 12 months to be the best you possibly can with what's going on. The last thing you're going to hear is I've got this back pain and it's going to take nine to 12 months to, to yeah. get that. Like it's, they've lost all the other stuff. Whereas yeah. if we were to say, I'm just using uh, random, uh, um, everyone would be yeah. quite different. But, you know, if I said to you then, hey, Martin, to be the best you possibly can, it could be nine or 12 months to get to that level. Uh, two to three months before, you know, we start to see on this retesting that we'd see X, Y, and Z. But you and I would notice a change within one to two weeks. Mm, then we've given that bigger picture. But what they've heard is they're going to have some symptomatic relief or changes within yeah. that one to two week period. And 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 that's something that um, we I see a lot of people get as I said, ask about. Um, yeah. yeah. And there's actually an, another element to, I do the same thing where I'll explain kind of conceptually different phases of care. Um, so I'll say, look, there's really sort of three phases. There's an initial phase about um, getting things moving, getting some changes, taking some pressure off those nerves, helping you to feel better. And then there's a, a, a part about dealing with the underlying imbalance. And then there's our ongoing performance or wellness care. And then when I'm talking timeframes, I'm going to start from that biggest piece. And it's interesting that you've come to that decision based on recall, because the reason that I start on it is because of a, a concept called contrast, which is in the uh, influence literature, they talk about we don't make decisions or analyze things in isolation. We analyze them relative to other things. So, mm -hmm. if you, so when we're looking at timeframes, essentially there are two elements to that people might 
find like, oh, I'm not so sure about that. One is how long something takes and the second part is how often they need to come. The way contrast works is the reference point is going to be the first sort of anchor that you establish with them. So if the first anchor with the numbers that you used, and again, we're not trying to dictate to you, everybody should have an individualised care plan. Don't take away from this that we're advocating everybody should have the same, but just for point Absolutely. of discussion, we're just sticking to this same sort of template. If we were saying, so for you to get to this stage where you're, where performance care or wellness care is where you're at, it, probably going to take you nine to 12 months. This second phase where we're really restoring function and getting things working properly um, is probably going to take, you know, that up that uh, two to three months. And the initial phase where you're really going to be knowing that you're headed in the right direction based on how you feel could take a week or two where the, by the time you get to that, if somebody came in expecting I should be one and done, the reference point to start with is nine to 12 months. So by the time you get back to, it might be a couple of weeks before I'm feeling any change at all. Relative to nine months, it's like, oh, yeah, well, that's nothing. So it's an easy yeah. way to present things that are physiologically, uh, they physiologically make sense and, and in a way that's more able to be processed by people who might not have reasonable expectations and then I would use that contrast part on the way back up when we're talking about frequency because if we're talking about wellness care or performance care the frequency of that is less of a big thing to chew than it might be early on where they might be needing daily care or four times a week or three times a week or twice a week or whatever's appropriate for their clinical situation that's I want to get that as the first point out so that we're using that as a point of contrast so that then relatively Absolutely. the frequency in that intermediate phase of care doesn't seem too much and people choosing to have care on an ongoing basis once a week once every two weeks once every four weeks whatever sort of plugs in for you again by by contrast doesn't seem like a well that seems like a lot Absolutely. And I agree. Like when we do the, uh, the, well, the recommendations, the scheduling, again, we do daily, three times a week, twice a week, once a week, once yep. a fortnight, whatever, whatever it is. And, and I think the, the key thing though is, we, you know, we've, for, for myself, you know, we've said, okay, well, it's going to be this amount of time to get to this particular level. And this is what you can expect as, as you were saying with the, once at that level of wellness, I'm doing yep. quotation marks again. Yeah. Um, uh, and and when so when we're doing that, I think it, whilst it's good to sort of lay out the plan, you know, for us, and I definitely recommend for chiropractors, it, lay out the full plan, like lay it out. But but at the same time, when we're doing the progress examinations or comparative examinations along the way, what we're doing is we're checking in to make sure that is the appropriate plan to be doing going forward. Yeah. It, yeah. it, it, I see a lot of people go, okay, well, we're just going to see, you know, you know, let's say three times a week for two weeks and then do yeah. a progress exam and then, yeah. and then, and, not, and then never say anything after. And so when they, when they get to that three times a week for two weeks, as I said, just an arbitrary uh, frequency, whatever, then because the person, the chiropractor hasn't given that sort of bigger picture, then they, the person actually expects it all to be resolved and done yeah. at that particular yeah. point. Um, whereas if we do the big picture and then we go, okay, what we're going to do, we're going to do this. This is the, this is the general plan of attack. I know that because we've seen all of these things as tell us has been there for a long time. 
Um, and we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this little bit, and we're gonna do some retesting to see if the next step is the best way to go, and then we're gonna do the retesting and see if the next bit is the way to go, and then and so on. We can make some changes as that goes on, but they need a general plan. Like, it, 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 it's, it's um, you know, something's been there for 30 years. If, if you say it's gonna take three visits to fix something that's been there for 30 years, wow, good luck, and please tell me, I'll sign yeah. up and see what's going on there, because I'm, um, I'm not doing that. So, no, um, yeah, so that no, that's pretty pretty much that. Yeah, um, we. So what, yeah, go for it. Okay, so one other thing that I just think is important in terms of this transition that we're talking about from meeting people where they're at and mapping out what's possible, um, we've spoken in previous discussions around kind of different levels of health belief that there's people who are at a symptomatic or a pain level of health belief and often for them at this early stage it's like the whole world is about my pain and that your job is to get rid of my pain and we kind of need to meet them there and then explain if we say to them no chiropractic is not about your pain it's about subluxation and innate intelligence and you unlocking your human potential that's too big a leap of belief for them to feel like that's relevant to them so I love the concept of bridging, which is people use chiropractic or that you need three different, there are three different types of care that we use or however you want to exactly phrase that. But I would be saying before I mapped out, you know, when we we're talking about that initial, this is the pathway ahead, I will be saying look, the first phase is really about getting enough improvement that, that with the intention, and this is for 95% of people, that their pain is reduced or goes away. And then the second phase of care is really about dealing with that underlying imbalance so that we minimise the chance of the same sort of issues um, coming back. And we also create an environment that helps your whole body work at its best. And then the third phase of care, which is where a lot of people notice that how their body, having their body working better allows them to do the things that they have to do or love to do better. Um, they choose to come on an ongoing basis to maintain that. And we think of that as like performance care or wellness care. But in bridging that, you can very easily have people who are at a symptomatic level because you're not making that leap in one step and you're not negating the value that they're hoping to get in terms of the symptomatic level, that bridging means that you can lead them along that path and have that structure that you're talking about so that there's uh, they're avail it's available for them even if they're completely locked into that symptomatic level of health awareness. Yeah, absolutely. It's... Uh... Way cool. You make you, you you read this stuff. You like I, I read all this stuff too, mate. But I can't bloody um, recall it. Like I can't go. Oh yeah, so and so said in this particular article. Blah blah blah. I can't do that. So I I, I envy yeah. your recall with all of that. Uh, with the You're a good good team, there. Craig. Yeah. yeah so uh, clearly, I'm just a bloke who does crap. Yeah, that does it very well. Does it very well. What yeah. what, what I might do, I know I'm, I know uh, we need to finish up pretty soon, but I'll just um, going back to uh, yeah, we've delivered the um, the uh, recommendations. Like we've we've, yeah. we've sort of done it. How we what we then do in our practice? I'll go look. Hey, look. Um, so what you need to do? Have just have a think about it. Let me know what you want to do, and we'll we'll work from there. 
Um, and then I'll say in the meantime, I'm going to get one of the, the at the moment, we've just got all women um, uh, in the practice. I'm the only bloke. Um, I'll get one of the ladies to come in and talk to you a bit about the clinic and we'll organise what you want to do from there. We'll just have a think about that. And then we leave them in the room with a consent form. Our CA then would walk into the room and, and actually just go through the particulars, like the P. Um, yeah. um, and, and, you know, one of them is we set them up with a, we have um, we used to do workshops in our practice yep. for, for all new people. Uh, we now do that all online um, uh, over COVID, which has been very effective. So that has been good. Um, so we'll sign them up for that. So they get that information that I can teach them a bit more about sort of background information. Um, yep. And then um, and then they just basically work it from there. If they choose to start, then that's great. Um, yep. um, if they choose to start a bit later, that's also great. If they don't start that's great. We're here for them when they want to start. Like it's, yeah. that's quite literally it. So um, that's yeah, pretty much I think the report of findings for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, we, I don't do the, the stop out, but we do have, I guess, a similar point where we say, I will reiterate to them. So look, this is really the point where this is the plan of care, uh, the plan of attack that I'd suggest. Um, your choices really are we can do that or you know you're not compelled to do anything what's the better choice for you so it's another reiteration of that the choice is up to you um and then uh for us we i like that one of the things that i like about your way of doing it is it creates that sort of separation where it's not that awkward moment of oh, i don't i don't want to do it um, but you know, I don't have that that often anyway, but um, you know, just yeah. I can see the upside of that. Then we do the adjustment. I think one thing that I would, again, if I was looking for things that I certainly did really, really wrong and is trying to do everything in one go on new people. Like if we want to talk about, I had one of those really, really shit experiences really, really early on. It was actually when I was in a student um, clinic and um, I had somebody who came in to see me as a new person in the student clinic and they were super acute. And it was a different model in that, you know, we, were, we would do the whole testing and imaging and stuff and then uh, provide care on the first visit. And this person came in and they'd have now what you would think of as um, a disc bulge. You know, they didn't have a lot of radicular pain, but they had that antalgia and all the other signs of sort of a fairly disky origin there and pretty inflamed and irritated. And so, you know, I worked through the, the university protocol and I did the adjustment and I actually was able to adjust them pretty effectively. And um, they stood up afterwards and they're moving and they're like bending from side to side and go, oh, you know, I feel a fair bit better, but it's still like a bit going on here. And I'd done, I think, two adjustments in their low back. And um, I'm sort of excited with the response that I've had in terms of getting a really good <laughs> low back adjustment on somebody who's that acute and then giving that sort of feedback that feels really good when you're, you're a, a burgeoning chiropractor. And I thought, oh, I'm going to really win them over and do some more. And so I can't remember exactly what I did, but I vividly remember the look on their face as they tried to get off the table and whatever oh. I had done had just destabilised things so just, much that they were just yeah. that thing that everybody's seen with somebody with a super hot, acute, disky sort of person where they, can, they can't get their legs back underneath them and it just feels like the whole world's collapsing. Oh, and bugger. for me, 
I think it's really important on a first adjustment that you kind of titrate in your input. You can yep. you can't undo things. And we need to recognise that a lot of the people that we're working with, while their symptoms might be recent, the vast majority of them have very, very chronic neuromusculoskeletal changes associated with subluxation. And mm. a little bit of input goes a long way. So tight, like less is more is always the best yeah. way of going on, I think, on a first visit. Um, your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I, look, I, I, I suppose when I first graduated, like yourself, I mean, I knew everything, right? We all do. Uh, <laughs> yes. I, I remember. I remember when I knew everything. It was just. I remember the day uh, the birds were chirping, and you know, it was just so full of knowledge. And then, of course, I saw my first patient in private practice, but um, and realised I didn't know, knew nothing. But um, I, the, the transition that I've made over my career is, you know, the old school, like I. I um, the chiropractor I worked with was Gonsed trained originally, yeah. and um, and nothing against Gonsed. I my God, he taught me the best techniques, and um, and I'll always respect him for it. Um, the late Dr. Philip Horner, who was very well known here in Perth, yeah. Um, but he was known for moving stuff that no one yeah. else could move. Like they, that yeah. He had this nickname, and it doesn't sound too good, but he had a really big following, and it's called Phil the Beast. Yeah, there's a yes. chiropractor from uh, from Albany, which is for you know about four and a half hours south of Perth. That on a Friday he would actually drive after his shift, drive up to Perth uh, to just to get adjusted by Phil, stay overnight, get adjusted by Phil the next morning, and then drive home. Um, uh, and he did that for years because he just didn't have another chiropractor in his area, and he just wanted to see Phil. So what what I've worked out, or, or what I've seen, because I do the retesting, and this is you know clinically experience again, and, and I'm sure you feel the same way, is it's better to do a little bit often than a lot in one go. Definitely, um, that's a good way um, of putting it. Yeah. Uh, and, and and when you do things a little bit often, you can actually uh, see, you can experience it real time, you can see the effects of whatever technique you are doing, you can bring about change because there's not such a big period of time between sort of um, addressing or adjusting them uh, or checking them. Um, then you can actually make some changes and get feedback from them as well. You're working more in a team as opposed to if you're doing, you know, there's a one-off thing, um, it's kind of like, well, good luck. Yeah. Like, you know, you could do the right thing and quite literally could do the wrong thing. And then suddenly that person, you're not seeing them for a few weeks and they're sort of left on their own, uh, mm. not knowing what's going on. And then of course they start talking to people who maybe don't feel the same way about chiropractic yeah. as we do. So yeah. anyway, that's, that's pretty much that. Yeah. And no, I think agree. Titrate. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. um, Craig, I think we've given some people some a really good overall structure there for report of findings. Um, if people were looking to get some more in-depth training for that, where would you, what's your sort of product or approach with that at Chiropractic Flight School? Chiropractic Flight School, two, two ways. One is the um, flying lessons uh, that I've yep. spoken about a few times. It's just basically the nuts and bolts of running a, like the 
of running a yeah. practice, and part of that is the um, is the recap report of finding. So, uh, so you, we break that down. I did a webinar on that, and uh, we actually show real life um, recordings of people actually going through that process as well. Um, and yes, people yeah. get to see their my lovely charts. Um, uh, secondly, is of course just just contacting me through Chiropractic Flight School. Um, yep. uh, to discuss things like coaching and things. I suppose I will throw out there, we mentioned it, is um, through Chiropractic Flight School, we have a, um, a link there to our Etsy page, which um, we have posters available the, the for purchase. Yeah, yes. all over the world. We've Excellent. actually, uh, we've, it's, uh, love it. It's, it, uh, you know, to see all these different countries, people signing up and getting them and um, they are yeah. worldwide. So that's, um, I think we've sold over, I think we've had up to maybe 500 orders oh, that's um, awesome. just yeah, gone, they, which, is, which is cool. So Yeah, and that. I can see why they're a great, great product. Uh, and the uh, my approach to the uh, report of findings is in my retention recipe online program, which really just goes first visit, second visit. I'm not, and it's really built on that idea of the uh, Apple TV, remote, what are the key uh, templates that you need? What's the basic structure that you need? Um, and then how does that translate into the first 12 visits? So um, there we go. Fantastic. So that's it for this week. Craig, look forward to chatting to you next week. Thanks, Martin. I'll catch you then. Thanks for listening to the Under the Influence podcast. Make sure to subscribe so that you can catch all future episodes of the Under the Influence podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, then you will love the online program, The Retention Recipe. It's all about communication strategies that you can employ in somebody's first 12 visits that help transition them from a pain level of health belief to a prevention level of health belief and open up the opportunities for them to see chiropractic as part of a performance or wellness lifestyle. Check it out at insideoutpractices.com.